Alright, hey everybody. I want to welcome you back to this edition of Bible News Radio. Hey, this is hour two for August 18th. Yeah, it is. So, if you just got done watching hour one, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for coming back. If you're just joining us now for the second hour, then welcome to the show. Glad that you're here. Of course, if you're on the podcast, you are listening to the second hour all by itself. So, thanks for tuning in to this. Really appreciate it. Just so you know, I am not sick. I have allergies, and allergies are crazy. I don't know why, but in this room in particular I'm in, it seems a little bit stuffy at the moment. So, if during the show I have to get a drink of water or something, just so you know, it's my allergies. <laughs> but hey, you know, at this hour, what we're going to talk about, I'm going to share with you a little bit more about Afghanistan, but we're, then we're going to talk about the vaccine. We're going to look at the mandate. I got some info from JD Farag I want to share with you. Um, and I'm also going to hopefully talk about the T-Mobile data breach that took place uh, a couple days ago. So stay tuned for that. And of course, as always, we're going to read from God's word and encourage you in the word of God because it's so awesome. And, and you know, this show wouldn't be Bible news radio unless we did that. So um, do me a favor, by the way, if you're watching live, feel free to say hi to us and if you're on social media and you want to share this out anywhere, that would be super awesome because uh, then more people will see it and, you know, I'll love you forever. Okay, just saying. <laughs> if you're watching the archive, you can also retweet it and you can share it on Facebook and all that. And, and I want to say thank you for doing that in advance as well. Um, I am not monitoring comments uh, because I don't have that capability at the moment, but um, but. Hopefully, Randall will be able to see some of that, okay? All right, so the first thing I wanted to do with this hour, and I'm going to get to this uh, story about Afghanistan from a different ministry um, in a little bit here, in literally a few minutes. I'm not going to drag this out because we didn't really talk as much about this as I wanted to. Um, But then we're going to talk about the vaccine um, and all that. So, but the first thing... I want to share with you is a psalm because it kind of ties into this. So we're going to go over to the Bible app here and I'm going to open up to Psalm number 66, which I didn't tell my, my husband about. He's like, what, what are you talking about? Um, we're going to look at Psalm 66 and then we're also going to look at Psalm 136. Okay. Um, and if you're on my Instagram page, I posted a little bit about this already over there on, on that. What translation? Uh, uh, Christian standard. That's cause that's what I have here. It's what I've been reading. Okay. So Psalm 66 says the following, um, and I'll just read it off the thing there. So it says here, praise for God's mighty acts for the choir director, a song, a Psalm that the whole earth shout joyfully to God. Sing about the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. The whole earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name, Selah. Come and see the wonders of God. His acts for humanity are awe-inspiring. He turned the sea into dry land, and they crossed the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him. He rules forever by his might. He keeps his eye on the nations. 
The rebellious should not exalt themselves. Selah. Bless our God, you peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He keeps us alive and does not allow our foot to our feet to slip. For you, God, tested us. You refined us as silver is refined. You lured us into a trap. You placed burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us out to abundance. I will enter your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows that my lips promised and my mouth spoke during my distress. I will offer you fattened sheep as burnt offerings with the fragrant smoke of rams. I will sacrifice bulls with goats. Selah. Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth, and praise was on my tongue. If I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. However, God has listened. He has paid attention to the sound of my prayer. Blessed be God. He has not turned away my prayer or turned his faithful love from me. All right. Couple of things in this particular psalm I want to bring out. I want to point out to you. Okay, and I'm going to turn here into my Bible, so I have it right here. Um, okay, the first thing I want to point out is that um, we don't know who wrote this. Okay, I don't know if it was David or somebody else because it doesn't say. Doesn't matter. It's here for our. It's here for our instruction. Okay. Whoever the psalmist is, is talking about how God um, delivered them and how great he is. Okay. And, you know, he recounts what God did for him. In verse six, he says, he turned the sea into dry land and they crossed the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him. He rules forever by his might. He keeps his eye on the nations. The rebellious should not exalt themselves. Okay. This really stood out to me this morning when I was reading this. He keeps his eye on the nations. Okay. Remember last hour we talked about Moloch and God, right? Versus the devil worship versus God. God isn't unaware of what's going on. That's my point. He keeps his eye on the nations. He knows exactly what he's doing. I just got done teaching the book of Revelation. It took me a year. Okay. Um, and I'm going to tell you in the end, God is going to conquer the nations. Yeah, he is. And Jesus is going to reign. He's going to be coming back. He's going to be taking names, you know, and, um, you know, throwing people into the lake of fire who don't obey him <clears throat> or know him. That's one thing I wanted to bring out. The other thing I want to bring out in this chapter of Psalm 66 uh, is in verse 13, verses 13 to 15. I'm going to listen to this. It says, I will enter your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows that my lips promised and my mouth spoke during my distress. I will offer you fattened sheep as burnt offerings with the fragrant smoke of rams. I will sacrifice bulls with goats. Selah. This stood out to me because here a guy was recounting what God's greatness was, right? And what he did, he, he re you know, he talks about his distress, how he was refined, but how God did all these great things. And here he's saying, you know what, I'm going to enter your house with burnt offerings. So going back to Leviticus, 
um, they had specific things that they had to do back then, right? They had to offer up sacrifices. Well, Jesus is our sacrifice. We don't have to do that, right? We do not have to go offer up a bull or goat, a sheep, a, a, a pigeon. We don't have to do any of that, which is so nice because it's so bloody and ugly. Ugh. Because Jesus is our payment. He is our sacrifice. He did all that, right? All we have to do is believe, accept, receive, follow, obey Jesus and just do what he says and we'll be good. But he asks us to give a sacrifice of praise with our lips, right? So my question to you this, this hour is how are you offering yourself up to God and what are you giving to show, can you hear that? Our cat is yowling, yeah, making lots of noise. And what are you doing for God? What are you offering to God to worship God, to thank him for all the good stuff he's done for you? Seriously, that's a serious question I have for you. What are you giving God? What are you offering and worshiping God? How are you worshiping God? Um, I want to know. Or I don't, I mean, I don't have to know, but you can share. Just think about that. That's what I want you to think about. Okay. And then I want to read Psalm 136, which um, one of my friends this morning was reading. And I thought, ooh, this kind of fits in with Psalm 66. <clears throat> Psalm 136 in the Christian Standard Version says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. He alone does great wonders. His faithful love endures forever. He made the heavens skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. He spread the land on the waters. His faithful love endures forever. By the way, there's a repetitive passage keyword here in case you haven't figured it out. Um, um, he made the great lights. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule by day. His faithful love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night. His faithful love endures forever. He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians. His faithful love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them. His faithful love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, his faithful love endures forever. He divided the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. And led Israel through. His faithful love endures forever. But hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. He led his people in the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. He struck down kings. His faithful love endures forever. And slaughtered famous kings. His faithful love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his faithful love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever. An inheritance to Israel, his servant. His faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our humiliation. His faithful love endures forever and rescued us from our foes. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. 
his faithful love endures forever. Now, this is awesome. You know why? Because God's love, his faithful love, endures forever. And the psalmist here um, basically was saying, hey, dude, just so you know, God did this. He brought down our enemies who are devil worshipers, etc. And he gave us their stuff and we inherited it. Just so you know, God's love endures forever. Um, God's going to win. Jesus already won for us. Uh, this is just part of living, living. It's just part of living, right? You know, which side are you going to fall on? God's side or the devil's side, right? There's two sides. That's it. The devil will try to convince you that his side doesn't exist, but it really does. Just so you know. Randall, do you want to say anything? <clears throat> uh, I will say no. Okay. All right. Well, then in this case, so I want to thank, um, uh, one of my f new friends here that I have in a text message group that I was added to from a good friend of mine um, for passing this news on to me. I'm trying to find it, if I can find it. Um, it's over on a website called uh, faimission.org. And I'm, I'm not actually sure what that stands for, actually. <laughs> I'm sure it's on here somewhere. But anyway... Um, and I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I do want to show you, and Randall, I know you'll scroll up here. There are three stories here um, from, well, actually two. Afghanistan official statement from the leaders in the underground church, and then Afghanistan collapses, churches are threatened. So let's look at the official statement from the leaders in the underground church. This is what's going on over there. This is a firsthand ground report says here, what we are witnessing right now is the decimation of the country and people of Afghanistan. We are watching 20 years of work and the strengthening of a nation being destroyed in a single day. The Taliban has a hit list of known Christians they are targeting to pursue and kill. The U.S. Embassy is defunct and there is no longer a safe place for believers to take refuge. All borders to neighboring countries are closed and all flights to and from have been halted with the exception of private planes. People are fleeing into the mountains looking for asylum. They are fully reliant on God, who is the only one who can and will protect them. The Taliban are going door to door, taking women and children. The people must mark their house with an X if they have a girl over 12 years old so the Taliban can take them. If they find a young girl and the house was not marked, they will execute the entire family. If a married woman 25 years or older has been found, the Taliban promptly kill her husband, do whatever they want to her, and then sell her as a sex slave. Husbands and fathers have given their wives and daughters guns and told them that when the Taliban come, they can choose to kill them or kill themselves. It's their choice. Um... <clears throat> And then there is a paragraph here. It says, some women said they had no time to buy a burqa to comply with Taliban rules, that women should be covered up and accompanied by a male relative when they leave the house. To Afghanistan's women, the flowing cloth represents the sudden and devastating loss of rights gained over 20 years. The right to work, study, move, and even live in peace that they fear will never be regained. And that is apparently from CNN World. Um, then it says here, uh, global... Catalytic Ministries 
A longtime ministry partner of FAI is taking an active stance in prayer, support, and advocacy for our brothers and sisters, many of whom have been serving as leaders as the Afghanistan church grows at a historic rate, second only to Iran right now. Wow. I believe it. Although people are heading for the hills, many want to stay in the country and continue to advance the gospel. However, we will relocate those who need to be secured. GCM stance has always been and will be to do whatever is necessary to move the gospel forward. Our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan continue to inspire us with their boldness and resolve in their darkest hour. And then there is a list of prayer requests on this page. Um, and I'm not going to read the whole paragraph here, but it says here, pray for those fleeing to the hills to be protected. Psalm 73, Psalm 91. Pray for miraculous protection for women and children being forcibly taken and those that have already been taken for their protection, salvation, and deliverance. Second Thessalonians 3, 1 to 5. I will tell you that there is nothing new here as far as what the Taliban is doing or Al-Qaeda or, you know, uh, Islam, basically. Um, the, the, unfortunately, this is... This continues even though this is now big time in the news this this happens all the time it's not anything new it's just right now it's being blown up in the media because of our government that decided to lose its mind which is you know another topic for another day um the point is is that we have brothers and sisters who are in peril and um and the reason that this is so important to pay attention to is because you guys and I hate to say this, I, I hate to say what I'm about to say, but this could, this, this could come to America. You know, there are more mosques in this country than ever before. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Randall and I were in Oklahoma and we went to a restaurant and there was a woman that came in with her family and she had a burqa on. This was in Oklahoma. Okay. The middle of our country. And she looked completely oppressed wearing that thing. She didn't look happy at all, actually. She had a husband and a couple of kids with her. And I just, and Randall and I just, I just remember sitting there afterwards thinking, the bondage, the bondage of those women. America is one of the only places in the world, one of the free places in the world for women. Uh, and the, the irony of it all is that you got liberal, fascist, socialist, communist women who are trying to take our rights away by advocating exactly what Islam promotes. Ouch. Our vice president is one of those people, I believe. Just so you know. Um, <clears throat> by the way, I think our current administration is illegitimate and it should have been Trump, but that's another show for another day. Um, what I will say is that Christians in America right now, we have our rights if we stand up and keep them. Um, but we should never be ignorant of the church as a body worldwide because there are persecuted believers everywhere in the world in North Korea, you know, Afghanistan, um, Pakistan, Iran, pretty much the whole Middle East, Canada, above us Mexico below us it's everywhere we just don't hear about it because that's not the narrative they want to show us right now 
you got to ask yourself, and I am going to go off on a slight tangent here. You got to ask yourself, why now, after the whole government world pandemic has taken place and this whole thing with masking us, unmasking us, vaccinating us, telling us not to get vaccinated, um, and what they're trying to do here? got to ask yourself, why? Why now? And by the way, September 11th is coming up soon. We all know this. Um, and, uh, and September 11th, again, was another one of those um, things in history that our government took away our, our rights and we let them. George W. Bush was no patriot, people. You know, oh, I'm sorry, the Patriot Act that he enacted under his presidency during 9-11, you know, the media made him a hero, Janet Parcel made him a hero, uh, the Christian right lifted him up, made him a hero. The Patriot Act took away our rights, just so you know, in case you didn't know that. They'll tell you what the Patriot Act did was actually um, opened up communication between agencies like the FBI and the CIA so that they didn't have to do other stuff, but actually it took away some of your rights. We have a constitution still, if we use it, we stand up to it, and we have rights. But unfortunately, in these oppressed countries like Afghanistan, we don't. So, uh, Randall, let's let's pray for the for these people, our our family in the Lord. <clears throat> um, would you mind leading us in that? Um, no. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> Father God, we lift up to you our brothers and sisters, Lord, all over the world. Uh, your word tells us in Hebrews to remember those who are in change as, as we are chained with them. Lord, but we thank you that the gospel is not, um, not chained. Uh, the gospel cannot be beheaded. <laughs> Lord, whatever circumstances fall upon um, this, uh, you know, people, this this tent that we live in, Lord, they can tear down this temple, but they can't touch us. Lord, um, the believer is secure in you and eternal life. And, Lord, with that knowledge, I do pray for those who are fleeing to the hills, Lord, to prolong their earthly life, that they might further the gospel uh, in their families and, um, Lord, and just uh, protecting uh, themselves and their families. We pray for especially miraculous protection of women and children. Uh, Lord, as we know, it's, it's the same old script of these um, Islamic oppressors who will take the women and children, uh, abuse them, indoctrinate them, uh, and especially if they've been, uh, you know, if they're Christian uh, women and children, then they are despised by these workers of evil. Uh, I pray somehow that they would be a... Um, Lord, uh, those who are now in captivity would be a witness to their captors. Uh, use them uh, for your glory. And um, as, as the church around the world, especially in Afghanistan now, going through difficult times, Lord, I pray more than ever that they would uh, embrace their identity in Christ. Lord, that... Um, uh, 
neither sword nor peril nor nakedness nor hunger nor anything or it would separate them from the love of God which is in Messiah Yeshua uh, Lord uh, may they be an example and an inspiration to us as they uh, endure these trials even so Lord have your way we ask it in that name above all names the name of Yeshua Messiah Jesus the Christ Amen. So, um, yeah, I would encourage you daily, as God leads you on your heart, to, to keep the church in prayer. And the whole church, not just the persecuted church, but the whole body of Christ, right? We play a part. And I will tell you that um, one of the things I learned when I was writing that blog was that the persecuted church looks at Western Christians like us, most of us are Western, um, and they wonder how we can walk in our faith because we are surrounded by so much good stuff. We have things provided for us. We can eat what we want. We can go where we want. We have freedom. And yet there's so many temptations that are ours. And so, you know, whereas we look at them and we're like amazed at their faith, they are also amazed at our faith. So don't forget that. And also don't forget that um, <clears throat> that um, Ramadan is coming up soon. Um, if you're not familiar with Ramadan, um, you know, what I will tell you is basically that during Ramadan, this Muslim High Holy Islamic Day, basically the, the period of time, Christian persecution rampantly increases during Ramadan, as well as our Christian holidays like Easter and Christmas. So, you know, Ramadan will be coming here shortly, you know, in a couple of weeks, I believe, maybe a month or so. Um, and the persecution will continue to be severe for the women and men and children that are living in these areas where that's abdicated for. Um, so keep that in mind. Also, um, keep in mind that um, that that's that's what it was. <laughs> I forgot something for a second and now it's back. Okay. Keep in mind also that the Lord is doing a work in the Islamic world, right? I mean, he is, there are, there are visions of Jesus and God is saving massive people in that, in that, in that religion, right? <clears throat> so don't forget God is, God sees over the nations. He knows everything going on. The pieces are being shifted, being put in place. Right. And America's part of this. But, you know, if you could look at the world from God's perspective, he's, there's just things going into place, you know. And there are other radio shows that you can tune in that are way more biblical, Bible prophecy oriented than this one is. Uh, I'm not an expert on Bible prophecy. I just know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> so. Let's talk about the vaccine. Okay. You know, uh, my morning group that I love, uh, every morning it seems like we're talking about this vaccine thing because the vaccine uh, is hot. It's a hot topic, right? Because COVID-19 is here to stay whether we want it to be or not, right? At least that's what they want us to believe. Um, there are numerous articles. I'm going to read one of them in, in a minute. Um titled many bible belt preachers silent on shots as covid-19 surges 
Uh, we'll read that in just a second. But um, there is big debate about what to do about this vaccine. You have people who are split on both sides in the church. So that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about people in the church. Okay. I have friends who advocate for the vaccine because they believe that this was God's answer to prayer to help wipe out this pandemic. I have other friends that believe that that no way in the world will they ever get the vaccine because they'll 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 be sick or whatever, but they won't get the vaccine because there's no way it's going to help. Um, there's validity to both of those views and other views that are out there. Um, as believers, our goal should be to love one another, to build one another up, to encourage one another and to be understanding of one another in our positions. Cause let's be honest. I mean, the media has been telling people if you get the vaccine, you need to get the vaccine. If you're autoimmune, if you got a problem, if you're diabetic, if you're fat, if you're, you know, if you're in this certain category, if you're old, then the vaccine is going to help you. And you really should get it because it's definitely going to help you. Um, if you're over here in this category, well, you know, you could just wear a mask or whatever. Where I stand, and, I, and I'm sure this is no shock to anybody um, <clears throat> who knows me, I stand on the no-vax side for many reasons. Uh, number one, I'm scared of needles. I don't like needles. I don't even remember the last time I got a shot. I was probably a baby, okay? Maybe a kid. I don't know. Um, about when the glass was removed from your foot. <laughs> I was trying to forget that, but yes, I did get glass removed from my foot. And now I feel a body memory coming on. <laughs> this is another reason I hate shots. Have you ever had a shot in your foot with no anesthetic on your foot? Hmm? The yeah. shot was the anesthetic. It was. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <clears throat> I personally have not got the vaccine. I have not even been tested for COVID-19. And there's many reasons why, but the short version is because there's this thing called contact tracing that the government is trying to do. And, and if you read some of the documents that the government has put out, uh, it's pretty scary, right? And I'm, I'm not even going to go into that, but let's just say that some of my friends are like, you're weird or whatever. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, whatever. I have knowledge maybe you don't have about something, but I am not getting vaccinated. Okay. Now the irony here is that you have the mask, the maskers, right? Oh, way back in the beginning, a year ago, we were all told to wear masks. Okay. Medical grade N95 masks are the only masks out there that actually help. These masks that we all have now that we've gotten and some people have made, they don't help. I mean, this is just my opinion. You can hate me if you want, but I'm just telling you what I well, believe. Well, they'll help contain particles <sighs> from a cough or a sneeze. Okay, well. I mean. They don't help. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's it's like it's like the you know it's the reason that they're the surgeons' masks and the surgeons wear them in surgery because you've got someone cut open and you don't want to if you cough or sneeze, you know, inside that person's body while they're cut open, you know, that could lead to a rapid infection because it's bypassing our you know nasal passage and stuff like that that normal. 
And just like in a salad bar, you know, they've got that glass, you know, or, you know, a kind of buffet. Usually there's, it's the sneeze guard is what it is. I mean, people reaching yeah. their hands in there and touching and sharing the same utensils and stuff like that. It, it's, it's not to prevent any of that. I mean, that stuff's going to happen. That stuff's going to be exchanged. It's there. The reason this angle is so, so if someone coughs or sneezes, you know, that's, that's not good, you know, you know, to right. have droplets of whatever. So... So the masks, I believe, are good for that. That if you're sick and you're going to cough and you sneeze, it's good to have a mask on. But better yet, if you're sick, stay home. Don't right. Don't go somewhere. If you have to, go out with a mask. Otherwise, stay home. But but the you know the the healthy person who's not coughing or sneezing, yeah. Do you have um? Anyway. Oh, jeez. Uh, do I have I, I, I should have thought problems? of this. Problems? Yes, no. I do. No, I was thinking, I, I should have thought of this before the show. So I want to, before I forget my point, because <clears throat> I'm middle-aged, I do that. Um, I'm not a mask. I mean, I will, wear, I will wear a mask if I have to, but I'm not going to wear a mask, like, if I don't have to. Bottom line. Okay. Um, my morning group gives me a lot of, of great info and I love them all because they they always tell me something that I need to know and <clears throat> my friend Mary actually made this point this morning I've known Mary since I was a teenager and um, she was in my wedding and um, I was talking about the book of Leviticus and if you watched last hour we talked about Leviticus 18 19 and 20 you should go read those chapters later but if you read the book of Leviticus the the priests there, they had one of these weird jobs, which I found weird thinking about it, but they had this weird job where people would have to come to them and they would have to be examined by the Levitical priests to find out if they were clean or unclean. And it didn't just have to do with leprosy. It had to do with skin disease. It had to do with uh, different other things. Anyway, you can read in there. The thing that stood out to me, though, when I was reading Leviticus was they talked about quarantining. Okay. We were told last year to quarantine because of this pandemic. <laughs> well, my friend Mary made a great point this morning. She wrote, we have never, that they never, the Old Testament, Levitical law, they never quarantined healthy people. Hmm. And yet here, we have done that. The whole world has been quarantined. Uh, most of the world has been relatively healthy. I would agree. I would, I would, I would put that out there. Okay. Um, so here, here is something to think about. Just think about it. Just be logical for a minute. If you're wearing a mask and you're healthy, it can make you unhealthy. Okay. If you're wearing it and all this. So I wanted to bring this up to, to Tennessee because I live here in Tennessee in a conservative state with a conservative governor. Well, the news broke last week. The school board here in Williamson County decided that they were going to advocate masking all the kids in the elementary school. Well, there was a huge parental outcry and a three-hour video or four hours um, on YouTube showing the parents that came and the medical professionals that came to speak out to the school board and, you know, let them know, hey, you're on notice for if this is what you're going to do to our children. Um, there was pro and there was con. They were passionate on both sides. Uh, there were doctors on both sides. There was doctors saying, no, don't do this. They were saying, doctors, oh, you need to do this. Okay. 
depending on where you get your news. Keep in mind, Facebook, YouTube, all the liberal platforms are censoring and hiding alternative media, which is why you have alternative media like Rumble. Apparently, uh, Donald Trump has a new platform I just learned about. Um, you know, there's there's other platforms out there, right? Uh, which we will be on one of those at some point. Randall and I are working through this. But, um, but anyway, the point is, is that our governor, Governor Bill Lee, decided a couple of days ago that he was going to put out an executive order in Tennessee saying that parents have the right to not mask their children if the school board says that they have to, which goes to the issue of parental rights which there is, again, a big, huge debate about. The irony, I think, is that it takes an outcry of parents that care to get any action from the government. Governor Bill Lee, who I don't trust, actually, also said that he isn't for business uh, vaccine cards or mandates. And also he said that he didn't ever see a mandate coming down in Tennessee. I don't believe him. Personally, my gut tells me not to believe him. Um, I hope he's telling the truth. I don't know. But I will say my gut says not to believe him. Well, you've got the... the Even though I voted for him. The parental exception, you know, order came just maybe a week or so after the executive order that the, <clears throat> the national and regional guard would be, you know was authorized to assist with medical personnel in yes. vaccination efforts. Well, David Fowler from the Tennessee organization, I can't remember the name of, he's an attorney. He looked at that and he's, and basically explained that and basically is telling people not to be scared. Let's talk about the vaccine, though, and what it really is. So the vaccine is experimental, number one. It's not FDA approved, number two. Not that I even trust the Federal Drug Administration, but hey, when there was other stuff out there that they didn't approve, it got pulled off and nobody was vaccinated. But all of a sudden, hey, we're, uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and give you this shot and there's, there's no proof that it does anything, right? Okay, anyway, most of the people I know who have had side effects, not everybody, but some people, uh, there have been numerous deaths, thousands and thousands that, of course, are going there. It's actually on the website. It will show you literally what has happened, the injury. Um, so, uh, you know, and nobody, nobody knows how it impacts pregnant people. I mean, women. <laughs> that was a joke. Just so you know, pregnant women. <laughs> Don't know how, how it impacts pregnant women. I personally would never get it if I was pregnant. I, I wouldn't. There'd be no way. Um, but we don't know how that impacts pe pregnant women. Um, we uh, don't know the long-term effects of it, right? And I have many of my friends who've gotten it. They've gotten one shot. They, they've told me they're not going to get another shot. But where is the church on this topic? Well, let's look at this article. Many Bible Belt preachers silent on shots as COVID-19 surges. Health officials have an unsteady partner as they try to get more people vaccinated against COVID in the Bible Belt, churches and pastors. Yeah, the pastors and, you know. Dr. Danny 
Avula, the head of Virginia's COVID-19 vaccination effort, suspected he might have a problem getting pastors to publicly advocate for the shots when some members of his own church referred to them as the mark of the beast, a biblical reference to allegiance to the devil, and the minister wasn't sure how to respond. (laughs) I would say, open your Bible. (laughs) You'd be able to learn how to respond to that. But anyway... A lot but, of... <clears throat> yes, to to negate that view. Right. A lot of pastors, based on where their congregations are at, are pretty hesitant to do so because this is so charged, and it immediately invites criticism and fervor by the segment of your community that's not on board with that. Across the nation's deeply religious Bible Belt, <clears throat> a region beset by soaring infection rates, From the fast-spreading Delta variant of the virus, churches and pastors are both helping and hurting in the campaign to get people vaccinated against COVID-19. Okay, I'm going to stop just for a second and make a comment. If you look at what's been going on, the the spread of the COVID, supposedly, if you can believe anything that the liberal media is telling us, the the spread of it is where everybody's getting vaccinated. (laughs) Okay. And the vaccine doesn't help you not get it. It doesn't even help stop it. That's the thing. But there have been reports out there that that say those who've gotten it are shedding it and they're getting it on unvaccinated people, which is why the unvaccinated people are dying more because we haven't gotten the vaccine and all that. So anyway, going on with the article. It says here, some are hosting vaccination clinics and praying for more inoculations, while others are issuing fiery anti-vaccine sermons from their pulpits. Most are staying mum on the issue, something experts see as a missed opportunity in a swath of the country where church is the biggest spiritual and social influence for many communities. That was on display recently in Metro Birmingham, where First Baptist Church of Trustville or Truceville, I don't know how that says, <laughs> had an outbreak following a 200th anniversary celebration that included a video greeting by Alabama Governor Kay Ivey. The pastor promised more cleaning and face mask availability without uttering two words that health officials say can make a difference among people long on religion but short on faith and government. Get vaccinated! <laughs> a few outspoken religious leaders have garnered crowds on media crowds or media attention for their opposition to the vaccine, such as Tony Spell, who repeatedly defied COVID-19 restrictions to hold in-person services in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana church where he is pastor. He has preached that vaccinations are demonic and vowed that the government will not force us to comply with your evil orders. But they have a but they appear to be outliers, according to theologian Curtis Chang, with the majority of ministers avoiding the vaccine issue so as not to inflame tensions in congregations already struggling with the pandemic and political division. I would say that the vast majority are paralyzed or silent because of how polarized it's been, said Chang, who is pastor churches and is on the faculty of Duke Divinity School. A survey of the National Association of Evangelicals found that 95% of evangelical leaders plan to get inoculated, but that number hasn't translated into widespread advocacy from the pulpit. That actually surprises me in some ways, but not completely. The disparity matters 
because because vaccination rates are generally low across the Bible Belt, where Southern and Midwestern churchgoers are are formidable block that has proven resistant to vaccination appeals from government leaders and health officials. While many black and Latino people haven't been vaccinated, the large number of white evangelical resistors is particularly troubling for health officials. Okay, hold on a second. My allergies here have decided to act up. A poll by the Associated Press, NORC, Center for Public Affairs Research in March showed that 40% of white evangelical Protestants said they likely would not get vaccinated compared with 25% of all Americans. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to make a snarky comment. <laughs> 28% of white mainline Protestants and 27 of non-white Protestants, 27%. Some national voices, including black megachurch minister T.D. Jakes, who I actually was on a Zoom meeting with and like 10 people showed up to. He's so influential. Anyway, evangelist Franklin Graham, who I've never met, but I've heard he's very famous, and former Southern Baptist Convention J.D. Greer, boo, hiss, have taken public stances in favor of vaccination. See, all three of those, boo, hit. And that's my opinion. Um, anyway, but there hasn't been a sustained uh, unified push that could give local pastors cover speak out themselves. By the way, another person who's advocating for the vaccine is Beth Moore. Beth Moore basically tweeted out a couple of days ago that if you're somebody who is so... You know, if you're anti-vax, you're of the devil. She didn't quite say it that way, but that's basically what she said in a nutshell. Anyway, First Baptist Truth Trust Bill has taken multiple steps to guard against spreading the virus, including following public health guidelines and limiting in-person events, according to spokesman and business manager Alan Taylor. Yet, when it comes to the vaccines, church leaders consider them a personal choice. The nerve, I say. When I am asked personally, I say it was the right choice for me and my wife, said Taylor, who contracted a relatively rare breakthrough case of COVID-19, despite having been vaccinated. Um, I firmly believe it helped when I became infected. Here is the other issue I have, and that is that these tests that they're giving you to determine if you have COVID-19, they've actually been proven that half half are legit, half are not. There's a lot of false positives. So how do you really know? Right. Here's what I here's what I advocate for. I advocate for strawberry pound cake hand sanitizer because <laughs> it smells good. Actually, some people say this is poison. You shouldn't be putting this on you either. But actually, in all honesty, what I advocate is wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Right. Cough <coughs> into your shoulder or a napkin like I did a minute ago because I have allergies. Stay home if you're sick. Stay home if you're sick. And encourage sick people to stay home. That's right. Quarantine yourself if you're sick, not if you're not sick. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I'm not going to read the rest of this because I don't, I don't feel like it because it's kind of long. But anyway, the bottom line is, is there's, there is debate in the church about this. And I find it interesting. Think about it just a second, okay? Why do you think the government now wants the church to to do something? Hmm? Usually the government's trying to butt its nose and telling the church to shut up about social moral issues, don't you think? Yep. Now all of a sudden the government wants the church on its side? Got to ask yourself why. 
Just saying. If the if the government wants the church to advocate on its behalf, you gotta ask yourself, what kind of government is that? Is that a church rate, a church run government? Like they have the three self church in China? Just saying. You mean a government run church? That's what I meant. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've been talking for almost two hours. I have allergies. <laughs> this. This is harder to do a two-hour show than I thought. someone say, well, the government is getting involved, wants the church to speak up because the government cares about the welfare of this nation and, and the survival. The of, government doesn't give a, a hoot about the church. Well, no, but... In my opinion. Not about the church, but about just the, the general welfare, <sighs> you know. Oh. Okay. Promoting the general welfare is making sure everybody gets... I would say vax, but it's not vax. It's not vaccine in the traditional sense. And that's the thing is that that's what bugs me about this whole thing is this. And I think. Oh, wait, uh, wait, wait. This is a new <clears throat> segment called Randall's Rant. Oh, okay. It's not my. <clears throat> yeah, I've got. Um, you got allergies too? Yeah. I think we both have allergies now. Yeah. Hopefully we're not sick again. Uh, I don't think so. Cause it's just, I think uh, it's the room in here. Yeah. I think the circulation isn't that good. Anyway. Anyway. So, of course, just what I see on the social, you know, in the social interwebs, I haven't talked to anybody real in person about uh, vax, vaccinate or no vaccinate, jab or no jab, shot or no shot. But what's presented are just two ends, you know, the extreme of if, if, uh, if you get vaccinated, you know, you're taking the mark of the beast and you're a stupid sheeple of, you know, in a pawn of the government. Uh, or the other side, if you don't get vaccinated, you're killing our children. And you're, you know, you're, 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 yeah, you're, you know, putting a death sentence. The irony on... is, is that the government wants to kill our children. <laughs> they, they advocate for Planned Parenthood, so. Yeah, you got mixed messages here. Or are they? Um, hmm. So, you know, I just, uh, you know, can't we all just get along? You know? No. We, don't, we you can't know, all get along. <laughs> disagreement, disagreement we do doesn't, want to get along. Disagreement doesn't have to be, um, you know, disagreement can be debate. It doesn't have to be adversarial. Right. You know? Well, let me. Before... It's like you do you. I'll do me. Before I forget, yeah. okay, well, this is important. We, I want to bring this to you. J.D. Frog. Yeah. It sounds like J.D. Frog. It's not. It's Farag, F-A-R-A-G. So J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot org. Okay, if you go to jdfrog.org, okay, Randall put this up here. This is important for you to know, especially if you're somebody that works, okay, outside the home and you're not an entrepreneur like us. Um. <clears throat> Pastor J.D. Farag, who who pastors a church in Hawaii, I forgot which which uh, island it is he's on. I think it's Hawaii, but I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, he is going to be giving a religious exemption letter to anybody who contacts his church, and the religious exemption letter basically basically appeals to scripturally that we that believers are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we do not, on religious grounds, want to get vaccinated should the government decide that it wants to mandate it. Um, he has made this 
public on his uh, recent prophecy. I think it was his prophecy update. It was one of them anyway. But this is the page um, you can go to. It's actually, if you go to jdfrog.org forward slash exemption, you'll see this right now. They're working on this. Uh, he mentioned on his broadcast that he will give um, a PDF letter to anybody that needs it. If they don't, if your job or whoever it is that's requiring this in the future, if they don't accept this, then he will actually also um, get a written signature one to you and all this other stuff. The only thing that he asked is that you listen, if you're part of his online audience, that you actually listen to some of his sermons through the end. Okay. And also, this is for his in-person congregation as well. Yes. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, religious exemption letters. I mean, great, you know, if that's... The irony, but... right? First the government mm -hmm. wants us on their side, but now you have people like J.D. Farag who are like, hey, I'm going to like you know, go but, against you by giving you a letter. But to this, the article that but you saw... Can I just say one last thing? He also said if your pastor in your town or wherever you're at won't give you an exemption letter, he will provide it for you. So that's important. He wants you to go to your own pastor first if you have that issue. Well, here's another of my rants is this framing of it's a religious thing. If, if you're opposed to, if you don't want to get the vaccine, it's for a religious reason because they're the, they're the, the smart scientific people getting the vaccine and they're the religious idiots who are not getting vaccinated. For me, it has nothing to do with religion or spirituality. It's just, yeah, Randall's rant, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a wait and see. Hey, you know, it's clever. You know, maybe this great. You know, instead of the old school vaccine where you give, you know, give you a part of the virus, you know, or an inactivated virus or a weakened virus, whatever, of bodies, you know, this way to, you know, this. This hack, this biohack to get your body to manufacture proteins that look like the virus. Hey, that's pretty that's pretty ingenious. I mean that's kind of that's kind of cool. That's like cutting edge science, I guess. But because it's the cutting edge, it's the bleeding edge right now. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm not an early adopter. I'm like, let's let's see this play out and see because this is a whole new medical technology i'm not sure how long randall's rant is supposed to be anyway <laughs> we should have a little ticker yeah <laughs> anyway but you know you know I'll, I'll let the rest of the world participate in the world's largest clinical trial in history i want to i'm gonna i'm gonna wait and see that's that's where i'm at back to you okay all right so <laughs> uh, America's Frontline Doctors dot com or dot org. Uh, if you are somebody who doesn't want to get vaccinated, then you can go to America's Frontline Doctors dot com dot org, and for ninety dollars, they will connect you with a doctor who will talk to you about whatever your symptoms are, and they will prescribe you the medication that they know actually works to help with COVID nineteen. Okay. Here's the other thing I got to tell you. Um, and and this, is, this is just something to think about. If you happen to know anybody that is hospitalized and they put the person on a ventilator, I have a friend right now that that's in this position. Um, and they're saying that he isn't going to make it. 
there are people out there. Okay, and this this is my friend who I've known for three or four years now. Um, he's 48, I think. Uh, has two children. Very good health, as far as I know. He got COVID-19 and ended up on a ventilator. There are reports out there in other media outlets that are talking about how people who are coming into these emergency rooms with pneumonia, it's being diagnosed as COVID pneumonia. They're throwing ventilators on. The ventilator is what's killing them. There are also reports out there that talk about what happened in New York when everybody died, they were on ventilators. It was the ventilators that killed them. There's info out there. So I don't have time to, to go over more of that. I have a friend that could die because of this. This particular friend of mine believes like me that this whole COVID thing is a con. Not that the disease isn't real. I think it's a bioweapon myself, but, but how they're trying to shut down the world, destroy our economy, bring in socialism, etc. that it's a con. This guy's also a retired military. <clears throat> uh, I'll tell you what, if he dies, me and my friends are like, Yeah, we all think that there's something fishy going on. And so don't believe the mainstream media, right? Don't believe the media. Believe the Bible, okay? The only way you're going to believe the Bible is if you read the Bible. Read the Bible to believe it, okay? Um, and be careful where you get your info. Not that I'm perfect because I'm not. By any stretch, we all know this. But what I will tell you is that there's alternative media that's being suppressed in all the big platforms, right? And um, believers have an opportunity to stand up, to be the light, to be the voice, to be the advocate, because people will come to Jesus through this, right? Like I read earlier, God is the God of nations. He knows what's going on all over the world. He's not ignorant to it. We are because we don't really know. We only know what we're being told in certain media outlets. Uh, God knows and he will judge rightly. But in the meantime, we can be advocates for those we love, those we know. We can pray. We can seek God. We can trust him and move forward, right? Um, I also just want to tell you there was a T-Mobile hack. Um, it, and I'm not going to throw up the story because our hour is almost up here. It's pretty much up. <laughs> But T-Mobile, if you are a member of T-Mobile, according to this article on PCMag.com, uh, hackers um, accessed data on more than 40 million people. It could probably actually be a lot more than that. Uh, so if you're a T-Mobile customer, be very careful. Make sure that um, you check your T-Mobile account. Go in, make sure you're checking your, your, your banking account, all that stuff. Because um, your stuff has now been breached, it's on the dark web, it's going to be stolen, well it is stolen, it's going to be sold most likely to somebody, um, <clears throat> and don't be ignorant. Last thing I want to say is, if you happen to be one of my friends who is one of my Legal Shield members, Legal Shield has just updated our Legal Shield app. Now it gives you an opportunity to uh, set up an appointment directly with the attorney. Um, so go update your app. Go do that, and if you're not a Legal Shield member, you can become one. You can contact me offline and learn more about ID Shield and Legal Shield. Both of these will help you during these tumultuous times. I, I will tell you for sure, I'm not ever going to be without my membership. Um, 
it, it just it just offers too much help for such a reasonable cost and lastly but not least if you like what randall and i are doing please support us financially with a donation over at our website biblenewsradio.com and we will be having a brand new website up soon hopefully you'll be able to see that we will be back lord willing next wednesday same time 11 to 1 p.m central time in the meantime don't forget our podcast page over on anchor.fm forward slash bible news i put up a bnr memo it's like 15 minutes or less uh during the week i'm not doing it every day but i'm trying to do a couple a week to give you know fill in some of the holes we're also doing our psalm 119 bible study right now as well as uh, our Bible reading accountability group. So there's lots of ways to interact with us. Um, pray for us. Pray for our health. You know, we've both been sick off and on for the last month. And, um, you know, I feel good right now except for my allergies. And so pray for us. We'll pray for you. And remember, we are here to be bold, to stand up, to go with God, and to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time. See you soon.